What's up, everybody? Troy Cartwright here. Welcome back to Ten Year Town. A couple housekeeping items before we get started. I am going on tour again in February for the Unlove You Tour Part 2. I am playing in D.C., New York, Boston, Nashville, and Atlanta. And you can buy tickets for those shows at troycartwright.com. Also, just wanted to say, hope everybody's having a happy holiday season. This is going to be our last interview for the year, but we're going to do a special episode next week, a solo pod. So I'm excited for that. And then uh, we may do a Q&A the week of Christmas. So go ahead and submit those questions, tenuretown.com, and uh, have a happy holiday. Thanks. Today's guest is the great Aaron S. Heiss. You know Aaron from his cuts with Ryan Hurd, Scotty McCreary, Rascal Flats, so many more. In addition to his songwriting work, he also produces records, uh, which we get into a little bit in this episode. But uh, I'm really excited to talk to him today, and uh, I know you guys are going to love it. So without further ado, here he is, Aaron S. Heiss. Dude, we were writing today. I was writing with Jason Massey, and then the AT&T guy came. Yeah. Because he had to switch to fiber. Oh, wow. And we'd like finish the song, but not the, the vocal. Yeah. And he was like, Hey, I got to be in here for like 20 minutes. I was like, dude, I'll just cut this one at home. <laughs> so I just left. The old, I'll cut this one at home. I mean, See I, got, you never. I got the whole setup. <laughs> yeah, no, no. You know, why not? Yeah. Just, I don't know. I hate doing that because how many times, so this many is more times. on your end, on yeah. the producer end. Like how many times do you just never get the vocal? Yeah, like half the time. Every time I, yeah. I feel like I'm on the phone with like Zach Aubin, he's like, oh, dude, I just can't get this artist to cut this vocal. Like oh, the yeah. whole song is done. Yeah. The track's banging, but I got no vocal. Yeah, and you just need them because they, like, you just know once they hear it with dude. their voice on it, they're going to love it as much yeah. as I do. I mean, that's yeah. what you're chasing, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, that really is, it's a huge part of the, anyway. Have you learned, is that like a trick? Like just whatever you have to do to keep them there? Yeah. To like anything I can do to, to keep to to have them sing it that day, yeah. And if it feels like they they might be a a, a, a flighty bird, yeah, yeah. When, exactly. <laughs> then we'll get it earlier. Like, hey, let's just sing that verse, and you know, yeah, yeah. And then you know, if we feel like the chorus is close, let's just sing a couple lines in. Oh, dude, you know, that's so smart. While you're doing while we're, it, yeah, yeah. Man, that's really good. Now I'm wondering whenever people are like, hey, man, let's just sing that verse in real quick. If it's because they think I'm <laughs> they just going to be like, ah, I'll just gonna do peace. it at home. <laughs> I know Troy, it's 2.30. He's going to want to leave. Yeah. yeah. Well, we live, we're, we're, you're a short drive for me. So that's, yeah. it's when I'm, it's when someone's in like Bellevue. Yeah. I'm like, man, I'm not coming back out here. <laughs> <laughs> There's just no way. Yeah, I get it. So anyway, are we good? Awesome, man. Uh, well, dude, so, uh, I don't know. How's it going? You were writing today? That's what you said. I was. Uh, first of all, this is really cool space. Thanks, man. I know. Yeah. It's Between not... two ferns with Troy Cartwright. I know, dude. Like, wow. It's perfect. If only I was as funny as Zach <laughs> Gillifinakis. Gillifinakis. Gallifinakis. Yeah. His last name gives me anxiety. <laughs> uh, actually, I was, how, like, I, I, brainstormed i know how to pronounce your last name but when i was driving over here four different times Mm. i was like oh wait is it this so how what is the actual i'm gonna get it on the record s heiss s heiss yeah there isn't the s and the h are separate it's dutch 
Okay. So we'll grow, I grew up near Holland, Michigan. Well, I was in Kalamazoo, Michigan is where I grew up, but which yeah. is it's just close proximity to Holland with a huge concentration of Dutch people. So okay. it was like, I grew up with like Dyke Heiss, Walt Heiss, Bolt Heiss, oh, and I was an S Heiss. Yeah. Yeah, there's lots of us. Dang. And I think Heiss is like house maybe, or, you know, something like that. Like yeah. they just stick a, a you know, a noun to house a, of. on the house. Yeah, house yeah. of some, yeah, exactly. I feel that. Um well, dude, I, I always start this thing off with the same question, which is, uh, how long have you been in town? I've been in town 17 years. 17? I know, which That's is crazy. crazy. I came down here when I was 18, um, went straight to college Okay, here. did you go to Belmont? Yeah, went to Belmont. Um, me and uh, my buddy Ryan Hurd, we grew up together in Kalamazoo. Okay. He was a year ahead of me, um, and we came down and visited... Probably must have been his senior year or something of high school. We went to high school together, and uh, we visit. We we came. To, we knew we wanted to be in Nashville. Didn't know anything about really the town or anything, but yeah. we heard that MTSU was a college that had a cool program okay. or something, and so we went straight there and we toured MTSU, and it did had a really really cool facility. But they kept comparing their facility to Belmont, and we we're like. <laughs> What's Belmont? <laughs> and it was like, well, we might as well hit that, at, you know, check that school out on the yeah. way, way home or something. And then we saw it. And it, for me, it was like, oh, it's like on Music Row. Like I can walk it's to closer. It's everything's right there. Yeah. So it was really the location that sold it for really? me, at least. Yeah. Because both the programs are great. But, oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So I ended up there. That's so funny. Yeah. And I studied audio engineering um, and religion. Um and I, I wanted to write songs, but I didn't, I didn't, I, I also wanted to be in the studio and I knew that I had a ton to learn about the studio. And yeah. so I really wanted to focus on that. Did y'all, or, or I guess, did mm -hmm. you like, were you into like country music or did you just yeah. want to be in like, what, what sure. like when I went to music college uh, at Berkeley, yeah. it was not because I liked country music. It was because I sure. like, I was like, oh, I want to be closer to music people so yeah. what was the what was the drop was it it was country music yeah i grew up on country music we had uh kind of like a, a hobby farm we had horses uh, okay we had, we had a gentleman's cows farm. pigs chickens ducks dogs yeah. cats a little of everything That's primarily awesome. horses though was kind of the thing and we always my mom um that was her background too horses and stuff and we we always had country music playing in the barn okay always um WBCT Grand out of Grand Rapids B93. Okay. I was always playing in the in the barn and so I was just it was always the background. You know, I loved Alabama, Garth Brooks. My mom loved Vince Gill, so we had those records, but every for the most part it was just the radio is yeah. what we were listening to. And then in high school I got into a rock phase, you know, like we do. Of course. And then I think around 14 or 15 I saw Keith Urban play where the blacktop ends on one of the awards shows. And then it, that at that moment it's like, well if, if country can do that then yeah. I can do. This is for me. This is for me. Yeah. yeah. Or at least I thought that's something I could, you know, get, you know, try to do at least. I yeah. Didn't know anything at 14. Yeah. Yeah. Um, except I did, I did see her hear it in an, in, an, in an interview or something with Keith, and he was like, "I started playing guitar when I was six. And I was like, "Crap! I started when I was 10. <laughs> I'm late. so I'm already behind. I got so much <laughs> catching up to do if I'm ever going to be good enough." Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. He. uh He's probably never had any problems being like the best guitar player yeah, in the room. Yeah, I think so. That's wild. Um, all right, so you come down here to Belmont, mm -hmm. and then did you, I guess, did you graduate? Like, I did, yeah. How did it work? I did. I stayed. I did the whole four years, um, and uh, my parents helped me um, get get the loans and stuff. We yeah. had a big family. Um, I had a great childhood. 
but there wasn't a lot of extra money. And so I was, I had to kind of, you know, pay for this myself. Um, and so I really wanted to finish it yeah, um, just to have that degree and, and feel like I had got something for the money. But really the takeaway was all of the friends, all the people that I met. There, yeah. You the know? network, man. Yeah. And we, uh, you know, some of the people I met really, really early on, like Joey Hyde and, and Steve Mokler and yeah. Jeb Holmes, great guitar player. And we all moved into a house together and we had a basement with, um, a kind of a rehearsal space, drums and a PA setup and amps and stuff. And people would just come in and, you know, bring us a case of beer and we would let them rehearse there. And we had everyone oh, from, you know, Florida Georgia Line, Russell Dickerson, Ben Rector, yeah. uh, Dave Barnes, like all kinds of these people. And at the That's time, wild. yeah, none of us had really anything going on. Me and Joey would fill in um, on guitar for Florida Georgia Line, but um, they, you know, they were playing really smaller shows and we couldn't go out with them because they <laughs> weren't paying enough you know but we would play when you know if it worked out in town yeah um but that was the crew yeah and they were all kind of mostly belmont guys i guess dude the the joey hyde being in your band early on pipeline to superstardom is apparently yeah it's almost like, a rite of passage yeah <laughs> at some point joey <laughs> Hyde I, played in your I band i think the first time i saw hardy play yeah joey hyde was in the band yeah so I don't know. Dude. Yep, him, He's, Joe Clemens is another one of those guys, yeah. guitar player, now writer, but also kind of made the rounds. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, so that so y'all had this house, was it was that right after college or in college? In that, college, yeah. Towards oh, the end dude, of college. That's awesome. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we were twenty, twenty one. And yeah. um I wasn't really plugged in with the writing and and all that scene quite yet. I was yeah. playing guitar for other people and I played um, on Broadway for this uh, in this cover band, Joey Hyde was also in that band. Okay. And we played at the stage every Wednesday and Thursday. The, the singer's name was Johnny T, and uh, we were in his band. And we play the Wednesday, Thursday at the stage, and then we'd hit the road and play a tin roof somewhere in the southeast, or we'd go down to Texas, okay, um, Austin, or up to Cincinnati or wherever. Yeah, and we did that for a couple of years, um, playing the cover stuff. Okay, mm -hmm. and then like at this point, were you? getting much like practice in the studio yet i mean it yeah because like i was that's still kinda... i was still in college at the time okay. so uh those were night gigs so i always had time for class and stuff but i was an intern um i interned at the castle in franklin oh yeah um great studio. great studio yeah Made... it was awesome and i got so extraordinarily lucky too because for one uh it was a really small operation there was only two of us me and matt roush were the only interns there that semester and he okay. went on to staff there and now he I believe he's still working with Vince Gill, um, doing like all kinds of stuff for him. Great engineer. Um, but I was there and it just got, I, it, I was the one. It was like me or Matt. We were hardly ever there at the same time. But yeah. I, I got to, you know, make the coffee and set up the mics and stuff for for Keith, Keith Urban, Define Gravity Record. Wow. Um, uh, Brad Paisley, American Saturday Night, I think yeah. that was the name of the record. Did a Darius Rucker record there. I say did a, like I was there when it happened. Yeah, well, that's... But I got to meet a lot of man. these people. That's where I met Frank Rogers, who I work with now. Um, Dan Huff I met there. Okay. Who have also continued to work with. Yeah. Um, so it was just this crazy... I don't know really how I ended up there, other than they had a booth at the internship fair <laughs> at Belmont. And so I was like, I want to do this. And so yeah. I signed up and I ended up there. It was like... I just got really lucky with that because I could have ended up at, I would have loved to have been an intern at Blackbird or a bigger studio even, Yeah. but I didn't know how lucky I was to just be like one of two interns that semester, yeah. have all that FaceTime. Oh dude, that's awesome. And the castle is such a, such a vibey studio. Yeah. I've made a couple records out yeah. there and it's just like, I don't know. I like, it's a little bit removed. Right. Whenever you're at 
whatever blackbird or ocean way or something right yeah you get like managers dropping in a little more yeah and buddies and whatnot which is fun but in in out out in franklin it's just different it's kind of just you and in in the crew there making a record and it apparently was owned by like al capone it was yeah i think he built it that's which is yeah right halfway between chicago and miami kind of the deal (laughs) hideout you know (laughs) that may make sense yeah I never found they, there's a really creepy basement, which is like yeah. a tape room. You've probably been, been down there. No, check I, it out. I'm you didn't afraid. Go? No, I, I'm afraid yeah. of spiders. So. <laughs> like there's, somebody's been whacked down here. Yeah, you know? I'll do for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Like just even looking out the windows, you're like, all right. Yeah. They know what they're I've doing. I've messed up a couple enough soldering jobs and my cable's down there. I probably deserve to be whacked. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Um, so, all right. So, you get out of college, like, what do you, you got a job? Like, what's, what's, what's yeah. happening? So at the end of that, I guess probably around that time after graduating, I, I, I picked up a gig with a, um, an artist on Broken Bow and guess who was the other guitar player? Joey Hyde. Joey. Uh, <laughs> and it was me and him and the artist's name was, uh, James Wesley. And we okay. were driving all over the country playing for him. That was right out of, right out of college. So I was having a blast. We were, we were doing cool festivals and cool opening spots and yeah. I got to see real venues. Whereas the stuff you play in uh, the cover gigs is more like bars and dance halls and, sure. you know, beer joints and that sort of thing. Yeah. A lot um, of tin but, roofs. But that sort, yeah, exactly. But this was, you know, like the, the radio station would be there and then we'd play and, and then Frankie Ballard would play or yeah. Randy Hauser or something. It was just so cool. You know, those oh, guys were awesome. in a bigger bus and we were just in a, a van, but I loved yeah. it. I loved every second that's of it. That's the best, dude. Yeah. Van and trailer, dude. That's the way. Yeah. And then uh, after that, I played with Kristen Kelly. Um, she was on Arista at the time and we um, we opened for Brad Paisley on the American Saturday Night. No, not that tour. A virtual reality tour okay um and played those big amphitheaters sheds all over the place yeah and that was really the gig that was the first time i ever got to tour on a bus um which was kind of a goal at that point like you just want to be legit of course it's all that matter you know like i don't care about money nothing i just want to look cool play a cool guitar and ride a bus you know and i got to do it for that tour and it was brad was really cool to us and we got to watch him play and all the other openers and um, but I do remember towards the end of the tour, we were we were um, playing in just outside of New York City. This was, oh, there's a shed. It's Jones Beach Amphitheater. Okay. And I like to get up kind of early when some, some of these bus runs, when you're, you're, you know, like you pull up, you may get to the venue at like 9 a.m. So you, you're, you're passing through town. This was New York. So that would have been like 7 a.m. or something. So yeah. I, I'd been watching the, you know, the GPS on my phone in my bunk to know, cause I'd never been, never seen the city before. And oh, so wow. I was like, oh, oh, we're almost, we're almost to Manhattan. So I got, you know, through the, the blinds up and I just watched cross over this bridge and I'm on this bus in the city, the skyline. It's just gorgeous Saturday morning or something. And I was like, all right, I think I think I've done it. You know, I think I've done <laughs> I've done this part. And yeah. at that point, I'd I'd learned enough to know that there's a career in songwriting, and you there's a there's a career to ha- be had in the studio world. And I, yeah. I had my eye on that next, and that was the, kind of the moment towards the end of that tour where I kind of realized yeah. it's time to step off the the bus and, yeah. and try to do the, the writing thing. Dang. So yeah, did you have like friends that were already kind of in that I did whatever in that world uh yeah um so my buddy Ryan heard back to Ryan so yeah. all of this time when I've been on the road um playing with other people we'd be riding in town this was the end of college first couple of years after college 
2010, 11. Yeah. Um, and so we were, we were riding whenever we could. He had a job. Um, I don't remember what his day job was at that point, but he was just about to, to, to get signed. He, his first deal was at, um, Universal. Okay. Um, and so he signed there. Joey had signed his publishing deal at, um, Sony. And then he got a record deal shortly after that. Yeah. Um, and so the, the crew was, was kind of, you know, starting to get their foot in the door there. Yeah. Um, and it sound it might sound like, you know, or it probably felt like it at the time. And I was signed into Warner, um, with BJ Hill yeah. and Steve Marklin was there at the time. And it, it, I think for me, it probably felt like we'd arrived, but looking back on it now, I knew that was, I know that that was just the beginning, obviously. Like, yeah. That's yeah. when the work starts, you know? Right. Um, but it was a really fun time. It was exciting. Yeah. And so we kind of all got deals at the same, same year. Yeah. Um, after you get signed, like, did it, did it change right away or you say it was just the beginning? Pro- it probably so. changed. My, it probably inflated my ego a little bit. If there was <laughs> yeah. any change, that was probably uh, it. Dude, the it folks back does. over like, he's changed, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I hope it wasn't bad. It probably was cringy. Um, but it, I don't know. I was like, I was on top of the world. It felt like, you know, yeah, and we We'd write a crappy song and be like head to the bar, you know, and like oh, dude. go to winners. That's what we Absolutely, did. We're like, you believe they're paying us for this, <laughs> you know, and like <laughs> that sort of thing. And we'd go, yeah. me and Ryan and you know Joey and Chase McGill. Yep. Winners was a, it. It was a, a different scene back then. It was just a bar, you know. It was just a bar. Dude, Midtown was yeah. different. Like, uh-huh. I mean, I remember it was probably the the tail end for you guys mm. but when i first moved to town like you know after like friday afternoon if you weren't on the road or whatever and you yeah. go to red door like everybody was there man yeah, yeah. two for ones uh-huh. i mean we'd fill up the these tables out you know the, yeah about, just this full size, of beer bottles full and of beer shot bottles. glasses or whatever <laughs> and and it's like I, I i i feel like we i talked about this with somebody else like a few episodes ago but it's like you're always wondering, like, well, where is it? Where is everybody else? Like, where is like, how come yeah. Luke Bryan's not here right now? Yeah, right. You learn that later, but, and you're like, uh, okay, it's just, yeah. you just you kind of eventually it's time to not do that anymore. In time to like actually work, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it was a scene back then, man, and I didn't yeah. realize that you don't at the time. No, like what what was really happening and how lucky we were to be there. Um, yeah, I have. This one memory that I, I I didn't realize at the time, but I, so I was sitting uh, on the deck outside at, at a table, and whoever I was there with, and, and they got up and you know were leaving, and they had a mutual friend, and she sat down at the table, and but it was just me and her, and this this blonde girl, she's she's really cool. I knew that she was a songwriter, but I didn't really know who she was. And then some of her friends sat down, another blonde girl, and this this brunette and they were just like these three women were just a force like they they knew country music inside and out and they were lighting up their cigarettes and drinking beers (laughs) like like you know hardcore like more than any dude i was hanging out with yeah yeah, i was like crazy and i got to you know hang with them and then i had to leave eventually but like i didn't realize until later looking back on it that that was where that was jesse joe dylan uh uh Ashley McBride and Nicolette Hayford. Oh my God! And 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 they just sat at the table that I was at, you know. Yeah. And I didn't, you know. It's just like the the, the luckiest crap that happened to me. Yeah. You know, because they're obviously extraordinary, dude. And they they know country music, man. Yeah. 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 They're incredible. Right. And Incre- huge, yeah. huge success. Oh, like, dude. And, and I'm just Amazing. lucky to to know them, but yeah. 
that and that's the kind kinda, of stuff that happened. Then. But that's kind of like that's how you met people. That's mm-hmm. how I met people, and you know, it was probably like it's probably hard to explain to someone on the outside looking in. Yeah. But it was like, ah, that was not a waste of time for me at all. Right. You know, right. all the credit card <laughs> debt that I racked up. Yeah. First couple of years here going to <laughs> yeah. Midtown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, let me buy a beer. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm cool. I'll buy you a beer. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. We'll worry about this later. <laughs> <laughs> and I did. It did. I did have to I did have to worry about it later. Uh but it's all good now. Yeah, so. absolutely. Um well dude, so you get your you get this first writing deal. And I'm sure, you know, you're doing your like four or five rights a week. Are you yeah. doing um, like tracks Mm-mm. at this point? Or no, you... not at that time. That was okay. a little before that started. Yeah. Um, it was I'm trying to think who was kind of, you know, this was like Dirk Bentley third record and like Lady A Need You Now it was that era. And it was a little before like the pop stuff really uh-huh. was happening. Yeah. So they, I was signed at Warner Chapel as a producer writer. Okay. Um, but I was in the studio. I wasn't, I wasn't making demos, um, on my computer. Oh, um, so I was you- making them with, with bands and the guys that I knew at the castle after hours or yeah. at Warner's studio, which is across the street from chapel at the time. Okay. I didn't even realize that that was like mm-hmm. a thing. Yeah. So, so they signed you at, did they, was there like a separate budget for you to like? A little bit. Yeah. My deal looked a little different. Yeah. Okay. So I, I think maybe they had, they were seeing me as more, you know, like a, maybe a, an earlier Nathan Chapman kind of a thing. Like yeah, he yeah, writes, yeah. but he also produces, and, and like I said, it was before people were doing that at the same time on their computer at their house. Right. That's how old I am. <laughs> but shortly after that yeah. is when like Jim, Jimmy Robbins hit the scene and, and Ross Copperman and those yeah. guys. And that's when it really, producer writers took off and became usually one of the three people in the room now. Uh, dude, it's so crazy. Like I am very, I'm aware just from knowing Jimmy that mm-hmm. I, I remember like he was kind of one of the first yeah. dudes to do it that way. Yeah. But I guess I never thought about that thing the producer writer like the track guy in the room on the computer being like a newer innovation but of course it is because it wouldn't have been possible too long ago with like just computing power you used to need all this totally and you know but but it was also a style and i wasn't doing that style at all like i didn't have a pop really um inclination like i didn't wasn't that cool, <laughs> you know? Like, I wouldn't know what how to build a loop. I, you know, I'd always just, yeah. the drummer played the drums, you know? Like, I right. always thought that way. I was always in a band and stuff. Yeah. So how did you, like, do you feel like you figured it out through osmosis? Do you feel like you were, like, forced to figure it out? Like, it was, like, an adapt-or-die situation? Or how did you transition into no, that? No, man, I think I, I, I think I kind of hung on to my ways. Like, I didn't. How, when it started taking off and like Dan and Shay were new yeah. and that, that that sound, you know, I think at the time I was like, that's, that's really cool, but that's like pop country. I still, I do like this, this is the way I that do country I, country. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know what I was thinking. I like it, like they were two different things or something. And then eventually, um, you know, I just saw the writing on the wall. Like if I, this is a set of tools that I have and all I need to do is get a little more familiar with programming drums and yeah i'll be able to do this and once i realized how it was more valuable for 
the writers and the artists to walk out with a demo or to get it later that night than to have something that maybe sounded a little more like a record, but they didn't get it until a month later yeah. because we had to book a demo session, you know? Right. And so the recording might have been maybe a little cooler or something than something I had to make myself, but it it wasn't as valuable as having the demo done, you know, just right when you wrote the song. Yeah. And that was huge. And that was really, it was kind of a game changer once I figured that out. Really? Yeah. Like if you compare your, what was happening before and after, mm-hmm. did you just like, like, did you just like do it? One I was day scared of it, really. You know? Like I was, I was really scared. I, I kind of tiptoed into it because I, I felt a little behind at that point. Like some of these writers, you know, I've been writing with them for a while, but they're also in the room with like Jimmy and Ross and yeah. all these super talented, you know, um, purely like in the box guys and right. they're fast and you know and their, their demos sound awesome and i was just nervous like i didn't feel like i'd be able to you know stack up or whatever yeah and so i tiptoed into it i started doing that a little more with the people that i trusted and like um but it really didn't take t- didn't take too long i think after a few months of trying well and you always had this the skill you already had the skill set I knew what right. to do with the tracks once I had them, yeah. for sure. And you knew how to cut a vocal and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And I think that is, like, something that's, like, scary a lot of times. When things change, Yeah, it seems very daunting. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times it's, like, well, you learn – you already – you have the skill set, actually, to, like, figure it. Like, yeah. for me, when, like um, – I don't know, when, like, TikTok, TikTok started happening. Yeah. It was, like, man, yeah, I don't know how to do this. Right. But I'd been, I don't know, there was a skill set in there somewhere of like, well, you just got to stare deeply into your camera. (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't want to do it. Sure. I was like, no, this this is for TikTok artists. Uh, I'm a real country artist, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And then you like, you watch like 14 people just blow by you on the country music highway and it's like. All right, I guess I I guess I gotta figure it out. Yeah, you know that's yeah. like a, you can't write it off. It's at a least. powerful motivator. Yeah, and you got to figure out how to do it your own way. Right. Of course, you know your your tracks don't sound like Jimmy's tracks no. or anybody else's. They sound like like mm-hmm. Aaron tracks. But it's yeah. just like it can be. It's it's it is like more comfortable to be like stuck in your ways, you know. Yeah. And like be like, well, this is the way I do it, and it's yeah. like okay, <laughs> follow that. But then sometimes if. Yeah. If you're far enough behind, it's like, yeah. all right, I got it. Well, now I've gone completely back. I, <laughs> really? I don't use, I, I, everything on my demos is tracked in the room now. It's, it's That's all awesome. real drums. Are you doing, everything. are you just waiting until people leave and then recording drums? Um, no, usually, usually I'll just start, um, I'll play like a few bars of what the feel for the song is. Oh, that's I'm cool. decent enough on drums. I had drums growing up and stuff. Okay, so gotcha. just enough. Um, to get it in the computer. And once, like I said, once once the files, once the drums are in the computer, I've always known what to do with them there. Yeah. So I can edit them up just like I would any record. Oh, that's so cool. I can get away with them sounding more professional than I am as a player. Yeah, yeah, you, know? you can EQ um, and yeah. pocket and... <laughs> but now I feel like I'm able to make demos that sound more like I'm hearing them in my head, you know, if that Dude, makes sense. That's awesome. That's so, that's the dream, you know? Yeah. Like to to be able to take what's in here and put it out, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so talk to me about like your, as you're transitioning from, you know, doing stuff at the castle or whatever to like more in the room type stuff. Like, are you still in your 
Warner Chapel deal at this point or uh, yeah. yeah yeah I was at I was there for five years okay um we did a we did a deal and then extended it a year or two okay. or re- renegotiated something like that because I'd had um, a little beginner's luck. Me and Ryan and Neil Mason wrote a song called Payback that Rascal Flats recorded. Yeah. Um, and it was it was like the first song of theirs to not go top ten <laughs> <laughs> in like their entire career. It was like wow. the beginning of the end. Yeah. Oh my god. And I can say that now because they're like they retired or they hung yeah, up or yeah, whatever. I wouldn't um and it but it was a huge deal for us for sure. Like yeah. they, it was the first single, but it happened in like the first like six months of my first publishing. So you're like, I was on the radio. This is easy. Yeah, I thought I was the guy, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's like, it's about time they discovered me, you know, <laughs> I had no idea how this yeah. stuff actually worked or how just impossibly lucky I was. And so I really spent the, the rest of that deal, like the next four years with very little success. Wow. I got in a few cuts here and there. Yeah. Um, but very little at all. And by the end of that five years, my time was up. They're like, the money doesn't make sense. Of course, yeah. You know? And um, yeah, I was so freaked out. I thought like, wow, thought it was this, over. Is not, this is not what I was planning, yeah. you know, to worry about the five years into my, you know, professional career. Yeah. And so I get, where, where'd you go for that? Did you go to Smack? I did, yeah. Okay. Um, before my deal ultimately ran out, um, at Warner Chapel, I was on a bachelor party weekend um, somewhere in, I don't know, probably not far from Gatlinburg where yeah. a lot of the bachelor parties happen. <laughs> yeah. um, and Lee Crable was there as yeah. one of our buddies. And and he was like, man, I'd, be, I'd really be interested in working with you, you know, if you, you know, think about coming over to Smack. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, well, that's great. because, <laughs> um, And dude, I didn't say that to him, but in my mind, I'm like, you're my only option. Dude, <laughs> there is nothing scarier than like, my sim- my situation was very similar. I was mm. like year five of my Warner Chapel deal. And I know, I know like when this thing's up, like there's just the, the math is not math. And so like, mm. I'm going to have to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, is anyone right is anyone gonna like is this am i kidding myself do i need to go home like and then i remember uh i was i was it was actually at that ryan hurd show at marathon okay oh yeah and um michelle atardi from big machine came up to me and she was like hey what's going on with your deal and like i knew it was up i was like well I, I don't know. I, I'm probably going to be looking here soon, but I'm, I'm not yeah, ready to look Yeah, playing it cool. Yet. Yeah. And she's like, well, I want to be your first call. Nice. And like, dude, it, it, that like, that like, I, honestly, it's like making me emotional thinking about yeah, it. Like, dude. dude, it meant so much to me at the time because yeah. I felt like a loser, bro. Yeah, dude. So. I know, I know that feeling. Um, but then to know like, you know, people from the outside looking in have been admiring what you're doing and you have no idea, you know, because. You don't. Were they supposed to like call you up and be like, just want you letting you know, you know, I think you're cool. Like, no, (laughs) everybody's like, why would they do that? You know, they're busy. But it's not until you become available that you realize, oh, I got a few fans here in town and I'm super lucky. Dude, it's special. And like, God bless the publishers for, Mm. for, for that job and publishers in general, because like, you know. It'd be hard to make all this. It'd be hard to smooth out the valley, the the peaks and valleys of our money without. Yeah. <laughs> without that, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
So, okay, so you go over to Smack and then Yeah, I guess, and like the first <laughs> the first I wanna say it was even the first week I was there. I wrote with Scotty Mercury and Frank Rogers and we wrote a song called This Is It. No way. And it was a two week number one. Yeah. Um, less than a year later. Oh wow, so it was that fast. Yeah. Dang. And then I yeah, and so I was just kind of cruising over there for a second. Yeah. And then we had another hit with with Scotty and Frank too, not long after that. Um That's awesome. Yeah. And then uh yeah. So looking back on it, you know, you can it feels like I don't know. I I can I, I'm I'm very blessed and lucky, but the time between hits, you know, it feels like forever. Yeah, forever and like back yeah. to square one and all of that stuff, Dude. you know. And I've I listened to to this podcast and yeah. we all talk about that, you know, like you have you have a win and then the next day is the the emotional <sighs> crash of like it's just the next yeah the next thing yeah what did that you know so so from payback which by the way mm-hmm. I love that song thank you I think it's a hit thank you um how long was it from payback to this is it like five yeah probably five years five years like yeah so when you finally get one uh-huh. like what did it did it feel it was amazing. It really was. Yeah. yeah. Um, Cause I, at that point, you know, I'd seen my friends and I've been to, you know, see them win and I've been to all their number one parties yeah, man. and, you know, and it's awesome. And like they say, the rising tide raises all ships or whatever the, the yeah. expression is. Right, right. So I knew it was good for everybody. And I honestly, I was genuinely celebrating that, but I definitely wanted my turn, you know? And of so course. when it came, it was like, you know, it was surreal. And I also like got up on stage at ASCAP and, you know, had a super long speech and I was thinking everybody I could think of yeah. and like getting emotional and <laughs> all of those things, which just seems a little silly now, but, but at dude, the time that's how it felt, you know? And you wait so long for that moment. Yeah. We, we write, I've certainly written my, my first number one award party speech, mm. you know, 45 times in right. my head already. Yeah. So when I finally get the opportunity to do it, like I'm sure I'll talk for two business days but But you got to man yeah you gotta it was cool though my parents were in town and yeah um we went to del frisco's after we just walked down to mumbrian and i was like that's tin roof i used to hang out there and that's (laughs) you know this is this used to be a parking lot now it's a high rise yeah you know it's there and like dinner's on me you know all that stuff (laughs) again you know it doesn't you don't get paid for that stuff till six months later but put it on the credit card let's go do you were your uh have your parents been like supportive do you think there were times where they were wondering like what are you doing? What if are you they doing, were wondering, <laughs> they never let me know. That's good. They were so supportive yeah. from the very beginning when I wanted to learn to play guitar when I was nine or ten. Really? They bought me one. Yeah. That's awesome. They've always been nothing but supportive. I don't think it's probably for the better that they don't really understand the nature of the business. Well, dude, <laughs> it's, 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 it's hard crazy to anyone <laughs> outside looking in. We're like, wait a minute. So you write a song, and if somebody wants to record it, they can just call dibs, not give you any money, yeah. and take as long as they want to just hold on to it. Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you know, there's there's some nuance, but yeah. more or less, that's, that's the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we do. We're nuts. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense <laughs> when you describe it that way. Well, dude, what kind of stuff do you do, you do to, like, prepare for 
for rights at this point. And and actually to go mm-hmm. back, I got a sure. question. So with these, when you're writing with with Scotty and Frank Rogers, are you kind of like in a, in is your role that day like more in that like top liner role or what's the? So I'm just with those guys. Uh, I'm just kind of running support, and that's okay. become more and more my role um, as the years go on, and I've become more comfortable with it too. Like I today was a little different. Um, we, we we didn't use the computer at all today. We were just on guitars, yeah, which is fun. Always love that. But usually, I'm just trying to 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 catch all of the magic that's happening. Um, yeah, I don't I don't you know I'm big picture ideas and stuff like that, but. Um, Usually the lyricists in the room are just so freaking good that I kind of stay out of the way there. I try to yeah. stay out of the way. Um, I don't. Um, and so yeah, I'll start trying to build the groove a little bit, and mm. you know. But I also don't. I try not to do too much of that either because I don't like getting stuck to the four chord loop. You know, if we if Same. it can be avoided, I try not to. Yeah. So I'll I'll make I'll jam something so it sounds like the intro of a song and it gets people fired up and then I might just turn it down in the background so that we can talk about the lyric. Yeah. Which is really the main thing. Well, I, I think it's like that's a skill that I keep learning mm-hmm. more every day. But it's like figuring out in every room like what it is, yeah. what your role is that day, because some days. I need to bring in the idea and I'm heavy on the lyrics because mm-hmm. I, because I have a good idea for it that day or not. And then some days I, it's not my idea. And the other person in the room is like an incredible lyricist. Yeah. And there's an incredible track guy in there. So yeah. I'm like, I, I used to get so stressed out when it felt like I wasn't doing anything, mm. you know? Yeah. And then I just realized that like, Oh no, sometimes I just, need to stay out of the way yeah and there will be some moment where it's like right oh yes yeah here i am and sometimes that's just singing the demo totally and that works. well you're and, a great singer so well, thank you I, w- I would let you sit in my room and not do anything <laughs> buddy i will uh just come i will do that sing anytime the, sing the vocal yeah. <laughs> but it's it's hard I, I you know i've been working with a lot of like young artists or new artists and i some of them i know quite well and i can tell like they're getting frustrated. It's Mm. like, oh, well, no one's using, you know, they're not using my idea today or I'm not contributing anything. And it's like, dude, that's okay. Like, you know, like. And for, and for somebody like that, I try to be, to, to, to meet them where they're at too. And if, and if they, you know, feel the need to contribute and, and my, cause I've been here forever and I've seen it done so many times, I may have this idea in the back of my mind, like that might not be the best way to write this, but yeah. I'm, not, I'm just going to probably keep that to myself. Like, let's just write this song today and and let's be friends and, you know, make this as cool as we can. And I'm probably going to be proven wrong by the end of it anyway. Yeah. So, you know what? Just let, let's, let's do this. Well, you dude, know? you just don't know sometimes. No. You have to like, just let it. I mean, that's the magic of songwriting. Yeah. Every totally. day is, is different. Mm-hmm. Vastly different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, people might, sometimes it's easy to get hung up on a line in the verse and you haven't even written the chorus yet. And it's like, is this, is this going to work here? It's like, well, we haven't heard the song yet. So yeah. we don't know. Like don't know. pencil it in, put, put something you think is kind of cool there. And you kind of know it's probably not going to make it in the song at the end, but just we'll rent that line and we'll come back to it later. <laughs> Dude, you know, that's good. And let's write the chorus and then the second verse and let's see what parts of this you don't, you know, don't yeah. excite us anymore or whatever. Yeah. So do you do much, um, like 
when you're talking about mm-hmm. getting ideas and stuff like that, like you do a lot of like sporting activities. Or I feel like mm-hmm. you're always running. Yeah. Um, do you get a lot of ideas that way? Like, are you just pondering? Are you listening to audiobooks? Like, what's sure. Your- so, um, that time is usually for like demo mixing type stuff. I've got. Oh, interesting. So I, I now, um, I'll bounce a mix of my demo straight to Dropbox. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I can find it there when I go on my run. Yeah. And there's usually, um, one or two things usually the song i worked on yeah i run in the morning so the song i worked on last night i try not to to turn in the song at the end of the night unless i feel like the artist would love to hear it yeah but if i feel like they're busy they're not going to listen to it anyway i will just wait and i'll listen again with fresh ears on my run the next morning and so i'll kind of get ideas for how i want to fix it and then i'll send it to them when i get back um but i picked up running around that time when i was at the end of my deal with chapel Oh really? Um, just as like, you know, anxiety, waking up stressed out, and yeah, you know, man. just feeling like down. Yeah. So um, that was kind of a way of ha- starting the day with a little win, you know. Yeah, that's noticed, great. Yeah. Um, it helped with the, you know, even just my attitude about things was better. So yeah. I've hung on to that now. I've been running pretty hard for six, seven years. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but yeah, to answer your question, like you know, preparation or whatever. Yeah. Like I'm just always curious what people are doing. Yeah. I, I, I try not to be the first one to, to say anything when it comes to that time in the room. Yeah. I always want to give the other people an opportunity, especially if it's an art, an artist to say what they want to say, or, you know, maybe they were humming something on the way in and they, you know, I, I don't want them to feel like they have to compete with my idea, with their idea. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. like, Go ahead and you know come out with it, like say whatever it is. And but if they don't have anything to say, which we all have have those days, I always have starts that we can look at. Gotcha. Little track ideas or yeah. um, little lyric ideas. Always have something we can start with. Something in your back pocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some of those have turned into songs, but usually they're just there as a backup. Yeah. I generally just like other people's ideas better. Yeah, for me the that's the uh, the backups are just like two minute scroll down the hook oh yeah oh dude we should read some (laughs) terrible titles oh man yeah you got any let's see what you got i'm gonna pull some up some i've got i've got one that i like to to pull out when there's like you know a lull is it beer pressure no but i love that one no the the one i always pitch which kind of jokingly but i also kind of want to write this is the dark side of the honeymoon (laughs) and the first verse could just be like i just want some privacy (laughs) like I'm not ready to share my life. I thought I was. <laughs> Dude, the dark that's side so of the honeymoon. Good. I'm uh, sick of this food. This resort looked better on the website. Oh my god. Dude, I don't even know what the like I'm afraid right now. Also my phone's <laughs> on 2%, which okay. is very on brand for me. So we should waste the rest of your battery looking for terrible titles. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> I think so. Um the problem is it's actually harder than you think to find a truly awful title. It is usually an, a, a title that just means nothing. Yeah. Like, right? Like, I feel like there are so many times where I'm in a right and I'm panicking and I'm like, what about like, okay, here's one that is just like a nothing, a nothing burger. Yeah. If fall makes you nostalgic. Right. I don't know what that means. Yeah. Like, 
I, I guess <laughs> I guess it could be yeah. something. Right. I could probably write it if I have to. Yeah. Like but, I got this. I got this title called "Yeah Texas." <laughs> yeah. Like, what is that? What Peter, are you thinking? That's gonna mean bad at both ends. Like, that's probably yeah. not a good title. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, it's always there if you, you if, if you, you need. If, if you anyone need wants to write bad at both ends, <laughs> sounds like yeah. a, a bad food experience. Yeah. Um, well, if it's bad at both ends, how are you supposed to write backwards from that idea? Yeah. You get to the start. It's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, it's fun though. I love this stuff. <laughs> I do. Um, well, what what do you have? And it's probably my last question for you. But like, if you could go back, like, to younger you, or if if you were meeting somebody just moving to town, like, what what kind of, you know, you got any like words of advice, words of wisdom, something like that? Yeah. Um, chill out. Yeah. Take a breath. Yeah. Um, get better, you know, take your time. Like I've been here, like I said, I'm coming up on 20 years. I just turned 36 Yeah, and it flew and I'm still, you know, I still chase it every day and I love that, but yeah. you know, it's, there's time. Um, be good to the people you're around, you know, make friends, be good to them. Yeah. Did you crew your, the people you're around will like sustain you Yeah, <laughs> when the times are yeah, in the man. lean times. Absolutely. They're yeah. the ones that you, I mean, I've spent so many hours, so many nights just on back porches, just dealing with the emotional baggage of this stuff, you know, <laughs> all of the unknowns and like, what am I doing? Like, am I, is this my ego? Like, why am I trying to do this? Do I just want to be like admired or am I trying to like make art, you know? Like, yeah. And you work that stuff out on the back porch with your buddies, the people you're trying to do this with, you yeah. know, and you need each other for that. Otherwise, you feel crazy and you might be, you know, dating somebody or married to somebody that doesn't quite understand or they're not right. a part of the business to the extent you are. And so it's hard, you know, to it might just sound like complaining to them and you don't want to do that all the time. So yeah. it's important to have that support of your your friends in town. Yeah, that are in it with you. Yeah. And dude, it is hard to explain to people. Mm -hmm. Like, of course, we're, like, of course, I I feel so lucky to do this. Yeah, all the time. But that doesn't mean like it's not like hard. Yeah. Well, because you're throwing yourself out there every day. You know, like <laughs> yeah. it's it's not just like here's an idea for a treehouse. This is like this is what my heart thinks today. Yeah. You know, like this is, and also like this is the best I got. Yeah. You're, you're, you you know, and that's that's a lot to put out there. Because most of the time it gets rejected. Yeah. You know, it's rejected in a nice way, but nonetheless. Do you like, I'm, I'm someone that like, you know, various cycles, of course, sometimes it's totally manageable and fine. Sometimes it's like really bad. Mm. But like, I get like mad anxiety about like, yeah, just life probably. But like, is that it, for you? Is that like, when you have those moments of like doubt or anxiety or whatever, like, do you lean into the, the craft more or do you folk, like, do you find yourself focusing more? It's like, okay, I need to like become more regimented with my like exercise or something. Yeah. Like what helps or does it all help? Yeah. That health and wellness has been a big, a major part of it. And that's yeah. part of, you know, being 36 too, yeah. you know, you can't just, you know, burn it down at Red Door and then show up the next day and be great. Right. So no, big part of preparation for me is, you know, 
eating well and going to bed on time and getting up early and doing my run. And that way I can last a whole four hour, five hour writing session and be pleasant to be around, hopefully the whole time. Yeah. And not just like pulling my hair out and just like, when are these people going to leave? You know? Because <laughs> yeah. I used to feel that way sometimes. Yeah. Um, especially with a hangover. I know, dude. I, I like, I can't tell you how many rights I used to go to hungover. Yeah. Just because that's what we were doing the night before. Yeah. But I like now, if I can't remember the last time I went to write hungover, just because I don't want to suck. Yeah. It's not fun <laughs> writing in that state. No. I don't think. No, it's not. It's, you, you know, you get lucky a few times and think you're, sure, think it's worth something. But <laughs> yeah. And there's some people that think they can't write without being hammered. And yeah. I wish they'd try because they'd probably be surprised <laughs> how good they were. <laughs> I know. I know. It's hard, man. It's hard. And especially too, like, I feel like we're so superstitious too. It's like once something kind of mm. works, it's like, oh, I got, I got in a big fight with my wife the morning I wrote this one. <laughs> Let me try yeah. that again. Yeah, let's try it again. <laughs> That's so, funny. Yeah. Anyway. Totally. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for being here. Man, thanks for having me. I appreciate you. And uh, just as an aside, dude. Love, love what you do. Thank you. Love your writing. Love your production. And I, dude, I feel like we didn't even get to the um, your uh, like whole production stuff. Yeah. But another time. Let's do it. Let's we'll do have it you back, time. and we'll. we'll I'd just, love. We'll do lots a to talk about production there. pod. Let's do it. Okay. Sounds good. All right. That's it. That's the pod. See you later. Thanks everybody for listening. Keep rating. Keep reviewing. Keep subscribing. We love you. Talk to you soon. Bye.